Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook... Here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use, and paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better... This is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, to get started. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? That's one rocket Ajax to bring back his body. Hello everybody and welcome to War Rocket Ajax. This is the internet's most explosive comic book and pop culture podcast, and we are your hosts. You know what my name is. Or maybe you don't. It's Chris Sims. With me as always, you know him. Or maybe you don't. It's Matt Wilson. Matt, hello and how are you? 
I'm okay, Chris. How are you on this fine summer evening? I exist in all three dimensions. Mm. Four if you count time. That's right. You measure pi in the fourth dimension, as we discussed last week. Yes, I do. I thought you meant pi like the mathematical concept, but you meant pi the thing I eat. Yeah, but to you, pi is a mathematical concept. To me, pi is a mathematical concept. Because it's a clock. Hey, before we get into the show... Because <laughs> this is not the show. Folks, don't mistake this that we're doing right now for the show. It's definitely not. The show is better. I would like to issue a... Let's call it a clarification mm-hmm. from the comics catch-up that went up last week. Okay. About Berserk, in okay. which I perhaps too definitively stated that Donald Glover got his name from Berserk, his rap name, okay. Childish Gambino. According to Donald Glover, in interviews, he has always said that he's gotten that name from a Wu-Tang Clan name generator on the internet somewhere. That's wild. That one of those things actually gave someone their actual rap name... And that person became famous. I, I kind of have my doubts about that story, though. It's because, like because it literally does say the words "childish Gambino" in in Berserk. Berserk. Yeah, yeah. There's the, people have like sc- screenshotted the page and posted it on Reddit and said like literally it says "childish Gambino." Apparently, if you go to the Wu Tang name generator. I, if it still exists, but people have gone back to it and put in the name Donald Glover and Childish Gambino comes up. Mm-hmm. But that may have been done after the fact. Yeah, that may have been a post hoc. Uh, Matt, that, I gotta say, it seems, it seems pretty likely that you're on the right track. Cause if there's one thing we know about Donald Glover, it's that he does not acknowledge that he likes nerd shit <laughs> like comics. He never has likely never will. It's true. It's true. It's, you know, perpetually embarrassed of being a nerd. Donald Glover it just doesn't, doesn't like the stuff, I guess just doesn't like the stuff. Uh, anyway, I wanted to acknowledge it if it was, I got a little pushback on that, and I wanted to acknowledge that I should clarify the whole thing about it coming from Berserk is less definitive fact and more theory, but it is stated basically exactly on a page of Berserk. Don't be so childish, Gambino. So take that as you will. Donald Glover, come on, come on, come on, Ajax, and and unbelievable. Here's what I was thinking. I th- the reason that was in my head, I thought you were going to say that the story was apocryphal, and I was <laughs> going to make a joke about how that's a different podcast, so that effed me up. Donald Glover, come on, Ajax. I mean, go on Apocryphals, too, I guess, Donald Glover. Let, yeah, if you want to go on Apocryphals. Let's you... hear about your religious background. He's probably hey. got some interesting ideas. He's from Stone Mountain. He is, indeed. Hey, we have a great show for everybody this week. We're going to be doing Thursday Night Raw, and it's going to be the whole show. Except for this part. Too raw. Yes. Too raw. So much raw. Supersized raw. It's a raw super show, you could say. 
Yes, it's a raw super show. Because I had a really busy day at work today and didn't have any time to read any of the comics this week. <laughs> so, But we support the strike, by the way. We do. Solidarity with the WGA and SAG. Go get them. Almost every union we support. Except for very particular unions that I think you know the ones. Hey, let's get into Thursday Night Raw. But first, <laughs> Chris, yeah. we do have some new supporters to thank over on Patreon. That's right, Matt. These are the people. They go all the way down to 644 Gimmick Street, and you know what's there. Your local union headquarters. That's right. It's, it's, it's Ajax Local 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the Warrocket Ajax Employees Union, um, which is weird because there are only two employees and it's us, and we are also the owners. Right. We we own the business, but we unionized also against yeah. ourselves to, to negotiate with ourselves. To negotiate with ourselves. Basically, the the union negotiations are when I try to use the corporate card to buy video games and it sends Matt a little code that I need. And I have to shamefully text Matt, can you give me this code so that I can so that I can buy a Switch uh, gift card? Please. And then I, I always give you the code without any pushback. Yeah. Hey, you know why? Because labor is strong. That's true. That's true. Because we're, str- we're strong when we're solid. Solidarity forever, everybody. And when me and Matt team up, me and Matt can't stop us. Absolutely true. So go, true in go every down way. there, honk your horn, support support your striking uh, strikers, your striking union members. Uh, but should you have a little uh, little extra scratch to spare, and you do want to help out me and Matt in our struggle against me and Matt, <laughs> this this one's gotten away from me a little bit, but I think the message is clear. Go to patreon.com slash Ajax where you can kick in as little as a dollar a month. That helps us do this show do all of the associated shows, do things like a, what, two-hour discussion of Berserk? Two hour plus. Over two hours, uh, which is free for everybody on this very feed. That is what your money helps us do. It helps uh, us uh, set aside the time for stuff like that. Uh, And uh, most importantly, it helps us pay those gimmicks that keep sending the mail called bills. Our newest supporter over on our Patreon is Mononymous Sam. Thank you, Mononymous Sam. If you would like to be mononymous. Like, has a mononym. Right. One name. But actually has two names if mononymous is part of the name. Mononymous. Do, 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 do. Okay. I see you have no time for for my clever wordplay. (laughs) I just had a different joke. That's all. That's fine. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, If you would like to be like Sam... And help us out here on the show. You can head over to patreon.com slash Ajax, as Chris said, and kick in as little as $1 per month to make sure that we do this show every single week, that we do Comics Catch-Up monthly, that we do Every Story Ever every month, that we do Snack Situation and Movie Fighters. All of those shows are made possible by your support on Patreon. And as a patron, you get every single one of those shows. I just list it off to you completely ad-free. You also get other cool stuff. Depending on your contribution level, you can get bonus content. We recorded some bonus audio with our very long comics catch up that 
will probably be going up on the Patreon this weekend. Uh, and we also have some other uh, fun content over there, bonus content, writing that Chris does. A little bit of writing that I've done, but not not so much. Um, but Chris has been doing video game reviews on the Patreon for a while. Um, and outtakes from the show, all of that stuff is part of the bonus audio package. You can also get line-stepping privileges for Thursday Night Raw, which we're doing on the show uh, right now, or Every Story Ever, the monthly Every Story Ever special. You can also get physical rewards. There's a big box of t-shirts in my office right now that I'll be sending out in the coming days to people at the t-shirt level. So if any of that sounds like your kind of thing, head over to Patreon and chip in if you are so inclined. If you are unable to do that, because money is tight for whatever reason, you can help us out in other ways. You can leave us a five-star review on the podcasting app that you use. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Or uh, you could just spread the word about the show, give us some good word of mouth, get the word out about War Rocket Ajax and how fun of a show it is to listen to. With that, Chris... It's time to get raw. Let's do it. There was no training or taming of me and my bra. Live like a man, but I'm animal raw. All right, Chris, here's our first submission from Nick Whalen. It is from New Gods number six. Mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. And the moment is when Light Ray and Orion take the glory boat through the boom tube and say, if we must die, let New Genesis live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the glory boat, Matt. It's the glory boat. Matt, that's the glory boat. It's the glory boat. You might not know this, Matt. I don't know. You might. I don't want to judge you. But you might. You might. You might know this. You might not. But it's a little piece of trivia that a lot of people don't know about. That's the glory boat. <laughs> Bud? <laughs> I I did know that 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 it's it's the glory boat. That's that's Light Ray doing the biggest pelvic thrust in comics history. That's Light Ray's best moment by a long shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Like it ain't uh, close. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, uh something inside rushes out into the calamitous night, singing and shining in the sleek and deadly. Uh-huh. What Light Ray has imprinted on the life cube is now fully grown and it carries on its glistening warhead, the living, the dead and the fiery trumpets of the source, Matt it's the glory boat. Okay. We've, we've noted what light ray says on that page, which is if we must die, let new Genesis live. It's also very important to note what Orion is saying. Yes. I would say more important even. Which is, if we go to the source, you demons go with us. Yeah. Uh, here's what's happening in this comic. You might not know about the glory boat. Um, it's what happens in this issue. Uh, they're fighting the Deep Six. <laughs> Who, mm-hmm. Let's be clear here. The, the Deep Six are jobbers. <laughs> <laughs> the Deep Six are the, uh, are, are, are the, the, the core with two R's of their day. They are they are QT Marshall in the factory. All day long. 
And then they like they've got but they've got this giant sea monster, this giant red sea monster that they're going to go fuck up New Genesis with. And so Light Ray and Orion are riding on a fucking god nuke. Like that's what the glory boat is. Yeah. And then it blows up. Yeah, it it the wild thing is this page where Lyra is riding on top of this giant chromed out atomic bomb is a splash page. The actual explosion that is descri- this is how Kirby describes the explosion. The trumpets blast on impact with the enemy, thunderous notes, white hot elemental and all consuming, a a Wagnerian offering to the source. That's like a quarter page panel. Yeah. Yeah. Like long, like distant shot, quarter page panel of godly obliteration described in truly apocalyptic terms. The, the, the meat of this is Light Ray really just, just throwing the arms out. He and looks, then, you know what he looks like he's doing? What's that? He looks like he's doing DDP yoga. It does look he a little bit. He looks like he's doing my favorite move on the planet. The diamond cutter. <laughs> What's really funny is that the next panel, Orion and Light Ray just fly out of there. Yeah. Orion's like, wow, Light Ray, you can get us out of light speed. That's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, like, you guys didn't really think you were going to die, did you? That's, like that's that's how they could be so confident. But honestly, there are lots of things Jack Kirby did really well. Don't get me wrong. But one of the things Jack Kirby was the best at was portraying characters going into what they knew was a suicide mission or a noble sacrifice with their heads held high and like with confidence and like having like the most noble reason for their sacrifice. Like, you know, there's the classic Mr. Miracle, big bar to go into that shark's mouth together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's this man, this monster, you know, like, yeah, for sure. No one is as ready to go down fighting a losing battle as a Jack Kirby character. It's it's true. It's absolutely true. Jack Kirby character is like like if if you go to the store and they don't they only have like the regular oat milk, they don't have like the full fat oat milk that's or, or the barista oat milk that's like easier to froth in your coffee, so you can make a latte at home. Jack Kirby character would be like, then if I must die <laughs> Let my sacrifice be written of in the halls of eternity. Like, and that's fucking comics. That's, that is a hundred percent comics. Here's my other question about Jack Kirby, Chris. I think uh-huh, this is I have some answers for you. I, I'm sure you do. Is there anyone in comics, anyone else in comics, who did as many second tries of concepts as Jack Kirby did, and almost two? A one, the first try was better. <laughs> oh, yeah, like that's that's Kirby's entire career is him like going back and revisiting these same concepts. And I mean, you say the first try is better, but I would say it like 
70s Captain America, which is his fourth try at that concept, is better than 40s Captain America. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying – it's not every instance, I suppose. Like, fighting American was worse than Captain America. Yeah. And I, and I think New Gods is better than Thor, but it's also better than the Eternals. Right. The, the second try at New Gods was Eternals. I well, the second try, the New Gods was the second try at Thor. I mean, I guess it was. Although he did another second, he did other second tries at Thor that were like a different thing. I, th- I've, I've in my head, Eternals is the second try at New Gods. Generally, uh, there's like, a. I, I get what you're saying, but there is like that. There is that through line of Kirby going back and revisiting the same kind of things over and over. And, yeah. like, Omak is kind of a Captain America. Silver Star is kind of a Captain America. I don't know, Devil Dinosaur, just Devil Dinosaur, and it owns. That's true. That's true. Commandy, I don't think he tried any any similar to do again, really. Yeah, I can't think of... I can't think of anything that, that matches up with that quite the way, like... Omac and like like the demon and commandy are kind of him doing stuff that he doesn't really go back to. Yeah, I, I mean the man had plenty of original concepts in in the tank. I'm yeah. not trying to say he didn't, but he did go back to ideas a lot and. In in I would say in many cases the first try was the best try. Uh, it's just interesting. I like. I'm not to say that there's not any value to the second try, but New God's better than Eternals at minimum. Yeah, there's like one thing in Eternals that's as good as the stuff in New Gods, and it's Arisham the Judge. Who can destroy a planet with the formula for world destruction inscribed on his thumb? Yeah, yeah. Arishim the Judge is pretty good. Pretty good. I do like the Celestials. Anyway, the Glory Vote is pretty good. Yeah. Where, where is this? Pretty good, but it's like, here's the weird thing. It's, it's certainly not the rawest thing that happens in New Gods. True. It's not, I would say, the rawest thing that happens within one issue of New Gods on either side. <laughs> I, I feel like... Well, let me know where you land on this, Matt. I feel like the rawest thing in New Gods is the first page of New Gods. It's pretty. That's pretty fucking raw, yeah. Matt, there came a time when the old gods died. That's how you open a comic. <laughs> you want to get me invested? Yeah. Best openings, best openings, top, top three, top three openings in comics. Number three, God's fucking a demon. Because <laughs> immediately you're like, well, I want to see where this goes. Number two, there came a time when the old god di- old gods died. Number what? three, or, or number go one. To, go back to God's fucking a demon for a second. Yes. I feel like that's a moment where... You may be like, I want to see where this goes. Or you may be like, I'm out. It does let you know what's up. Yeah. It, valid response either way. But it, it is it is a, an immediate, hey, are, are you going to be into this? <laughs> yeah. 
hey, this lady just turned into a demon, and and also like this man just just shoved his hand in her mouth and she exploded. Yeah, that's what this comic is. Just so you know, just so we're all clear on that. So yeah, number one, you're wrong. Batman and Robin will never die. The best Very the best good. opening for a comic story ever. And I would say like OMAC number one is probably like number five. Where there's, like, if you count the cover, there's just a dude throwing a weird lady in a box with you. Or at you. OMAC is wild. The The first images of OMAC are absolutely buck wild. Yeah. Yeah. What a great book. Anyway, that's, that's the thing. The Glory Boat's good as hell. I do not think it is... By the standards of New Gods, it is... It's raw, but it's not, like... It's not S rank raw. It's like A rank raw. Yeah, sure. Is it Avengers having words with Ultron raw? I mean, here's the problem: is it's always going to be a splash page drawn by Jack Kirby. <laughs> sure. Like it's always going to be like prime time Jack Kirby, right? Like this is if if you look at this, you have read Jack Kirby comics. <laughs> like, so it's it's difficult difficult to measure it up to anything else. I mean, I guess that is the job, but that's true. It's difficult. It's difficult. I I would be willing to say it's not as raw as Moon Knight making sure Man Mountain Marco won't see his daughter. Yeah, Moon Knight ripping out that dude's eyes is pretty fucking raw. That's I do think it's, it's more raw than Phantom Lady throwing a fencing sword through a man. All right, so that makes the glory boat, the glory boat from the glory boat, the new number 17 on the Thursday Night Raw list, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, look, we're not, we're not ranking stuff that's not raw. Speaking of... Another try at New Gods. We said we were going to do Captain Victory for the August comics catch-up. Mm, we did, we did. So, we probably have to do that. That's my little treat, as I get to read some new-to-me Jack Kirby comics. The, the I'm curious about it. I'm curious about it as another try at the New Gods. Because that's definitely what Captain Victory is, right? I thought Captain... Well, no, Silver Star... I was thinking of uh, is is more like a Captain America, but yeah, yeah. So uh, we we shall see. We shall see. I'll tell you what. Everybody who's uh who's above this on the list, except for Steve Ditko at number six, is standing on the shoulders of Jack Kirby when it comes to raw moments in comics. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Steve Ditko standing beside the shoulders of Jack Kirby. Our next submission, Chris, is from Philip Neff, who is submitting a moment from Kyle Starks' Dead of Winter Good Good Dog number four. That's pretty good. That's that's arguably the best board game tie-in comic of all time. Uh, so, Philip submitted several pages of art to help us out here. Um, like, first, like, like we did, like we didn't read this Kyle Stars comic based on a board game. 
Look, I you know what? It helps though. I it I appreciate it. It does help to, to know where to find it. So first of all is a page from number two, from issue number two, where in flashback the uh the producer of the TV show is saying, What do you mean he can't drive a car? And the dog trainer says, I'm not sure how else to say it. He's a dog, he can't drive a car. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then the producer says, well, we're going to have to scrap this entire script then. What kind of hero can't drive a car? And then the dog trainer says, he's a dog, man. And then the raw moment is when the dog the dog drives the car. In number four. Yeah. This is, for those of you who don't know, Dead of Winter. Uh, it's a very fun board game. Uh, Kyle Sarks' favorite board game, even before he got the job. Like, that's why he, he did the comic. Um. Like, well before uh, he did the comic, it was his favorite board game. Um, it, you, it is a zombie game where you play as a group of survivors who uh, are holed up in a prison and you have to like raid the town for supplies. Very fun. But uh, one of the survivors is a dog in a cape who used to be a TV actor dog. Uh, he's a good, good boy. He's a real good boy. His name's Sparky. Uh, so, yeah. This comic in like the setup and payoff you want to talk about somebody as good as something i don't know if there's anybody as good as setup and payoff as kyle starks he's really fucking good at it mm-hmm. he is he's like really incredible because even though and it's one of those things where it's like he will telegraph it from 10 miles away and, like, you will, like, like, even though you know it's coming, you will still be delighted when it happens. And what happens is there's a cop in this comic who's not your friend. No. Uh, who's a real dick and is, like, shooting everybody. And then there's, like, like a long shot and this little dog drives a fucking minivan through the front of the police station. <laughs> And runs over the cop. Uh, and then, I, I know this is not included. I, I guess that's the raw moment. That's the raw moment, yeah. Uh, the, driving but, the car into the police station and, and, and running over the cop. That's that's the raw moment. Yeah, but then the cop has, like, uh, an assault rifle. And, like, his thing, like, last thing before he he gets got is he does... Uh, he sh- he shoots the dog, and the way it, there's a really great, like, almost Stan Sakai level thing in this, and it was drawn by uh, by uh Gabriel Gabo Batista. So I don't know if this is him, but I feel like this is a thing Kyle would have done. So forgive me, uh, Gabo, if I'm wrong. Um, but when ever anybody is like shot or wounded it has the little icon, like, the damage icon from the game. So you see, like, the humans get shot, and there's, like, a little one, you know, one damage icon, one damage icon. And this dog gets shot three times, and there's, uh, like, three icons on the dog. And then you see this dog's, like, memories uh, of his, his life. You know, as a puppy getting adopted, rescuing people and being a hero dog on the news, being an actor dog, uh, 
and then you know what what he did when the zombies started but then the dog turns out to be okay the it turns out that they saved a vet and the dog's okay and so the end of the story is the dog's okay the dog's okay cuz you think Kyle's going to write a story where the dog dies i would have he would not be my friend anymore <laughs> that, that, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? I think it's very important to note that in the page where the dog is driving, like the, the big splash page, where the, the dog is driving the car kind of like up the steps of the police station, mm-hmm. the most important detail to me, the key detail, the the biggest element of it is the dog sticking its head out of the window like a dog in a car does. Looking happy as a fucking clam. Yeah. Could could okay. not be more excited to be in a car with the window rolled down, driving into a police station. I don't know what to tell you, man. He's a dog. That's good stuff. That's good comics. Yeah. Now, that's pretty raw, right? A, do- a hero dog driving a car through zombies at a cop? At a shitty yeah. cop? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's pretty fucking raw. I would say so. I would say so. I, he- here's my feeling. I think this is exactly where it goes. But it's going above top ten. By which I mean not the top ten on the list, but the 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 comic top ten. The moment from the comic top ten. The moment from the comic book top ten, which is about cops. Yeah. It's gotta go above that. Agreed. Agreed. Now, I don't know if it's if it goes above Lockheed riffing out Sebastian Shaw's fucking eye. Uh, because think, what is Lockheed but a dog? I think putting it right above the cop comic is the right kind of poetry. I think so, so too. I would say put it between Lockheed ripping out Sebastian Shaw's eye and the moment from the comic Top Ten by Alan Moore, Gene Ha, and Xander Cannon. Uh, so, number 14 on the list is Dead of Winter Hero Dog Sparky, is his name, by the way, uh, driving a car into a police station. Our next submission is from Michael Haida. And uh, this is a moment from Immortal Hulk, number 43. Uh, uh, You could have literally said any number, and we would have had a contender. (laughs) This contender... Does God have a Hulk is like maybe number f- like two on the list at this point, if it was on the list. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this. I don't think this is the rawest moment from Immortal Hulk. Okay. But it's pretty good. It is so pretty is good. 44, you said? 40, 43. 43. Okay, so this is Hulk fighting the UFOs. Right? This is when, specifically, Hulk fights Blade. Mm. Mm. I do like Blade. Where Blade stabs Hulk in the shoulders with katanas, 
accuses him of being a vampire. And Hulk asks him, Blade, right? Quick question. Can you turn into a bat? And Blade says no. And Hulk goes, now's a good time to learn. And he throws Blade way, way high into the air. Wait, what number is this? It's in uh, Immortal Hulk number 43. Is it? Hang on. Am I missing a Blade fight in this comic? It's possible that the issue number is... Uh, I remember that issue where Hulk fights the Avengers. It is from the issue where Hulk fights the Avengers. Yeah, that's not number 43. Okay. We'll have to locate the correct issue. Uh, but th- that's that's the one that it's from, where Hulk fights the Avengers. Yeah, that whole fight with the Avengers is pretty fucking good. Like, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Honestly, all of Immortal Hulk is fucking terrifying. Terrifying? It, I don't know how else to say it in a fun way. Yeah, no, it, it's it, it's incredibly good comics. Like, I remember that was such a... how We have said many times that for you and I, who have spent 35 years each reading comic books, pretty much constantly. Yeah. Like, it yeah. is the, the medium that we love, for sure. At this point... Kind of all we want to see is some shit we've never seen before. And Immortal Hulk was full of stuff we had never seen before. And, like, maybe didn't want to see. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't want to see the leader's entire head open. (laughs) And him try and eat somebody. Like, that was wild. That was, in fact, wild, yes. But yeah, that, that entire dang run... Immortal Hulk just fucking the scariest, wildest shit. And all the transformations in that book? Oof. Okay. I'm excited about the the whole monsters. It's number 47. Yeah, there we go. It's number 47. Those are very different keys on the keyboard. That's that is true. Yeah, yes, um, it's number 47. This this whole thing where where Hulk fights the Avengers, it's pretty great. But like, yeah, that moment where he just like fucking throws Blade is I mean, it's pretty like it's fucking funny. It's funny. It's it's almost too funny to be raw. I see I think there is a there is a maybe not a necessary element but I feel like there is a a comedic element to being raw that like is that is that recognition that somebody is going to get the ass beat sure I I feel like if something's really raw, if something's like tippy top, absolute highest high raw, you might laugh, but it's going to be a laugh of like glee, of like yeah, <laughs> this is happening. Oh shit! 
more than a laugh of like, that's funny. Like, I think it's hilarious that Magneto put a red skull in a hole. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all have a great laugh at that. But it's not played for laughs. No, it's not played for laughs. This is played for laughs. Red skull? Fuck that guy. Like it's the it's the line that makes this moment, right? It's Hulk asking Blade if he could turn into a bat and then throwing him way high in the sky. Mm. That's funny stuff. I mean, that's the setup for this is Blade being like, yeah, this is the Hulk that rises from the dead at night. And like, yeah, he's a vampire. And what's wild is that's not a wild assumption for a person in the Marvel Universe to make. That's a very reasonable assumption to make. It's in Blade's case. It's it's very much a you have a hammer, so everything you see is a nail kind of situation. Thor Thor has the hammer. Matt Blade uses the swords. That's why it's called Blade. It's, right. Yes. Excuse me for my metaphor. What I'm saying though is, you know, Blade's going to say anybody's a vampire if they have any vampire symptoms or signs. You see the signs. He- it's better safe than sorry. Uh, right. Uh, but it's great. Like every, It's exactly what these characters would do in this situation. And that is... It is a very fun, very good moment. I would say the flaw with this is that it does introduce the idea of the Hulk being bitten by a vampire that is not what happened. And that makes me sad. True. It makes you want a Hulk that's been bitten by a vampire. It makes me want a Hulk dressed like Dracula. Big collar. Yes. Fun times. Metal. Fun times. Like metal around his neck. Yeah. Big penmanship metal, as Matt Fraction would say. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I would say, again, Lockheed ripping out Sebastian Shaw's eye does make me laugh. Oh, yeah. But again... It makes you laugh out of like, yeah, get him. More than this is funny because it's an it's an intended joke. You know what I mean? I also like that uh, Captain America makes Iron Man go catch Blade, and Iron yes. Man goes, "Ah, Blade stuff." It's like <laughs> motherfucker, he just got thrown four hundred feet in the air. Yeah, that's that's when Cap's like, um, "Let's be sure." Yeah, if like if. Blade's that tough, then there shouldn't be, the rest of y'all shouldn't be on Avengers. <laughs> it's weird to me. Like I, I get that this this is like established characterization by this point, but it's weird to me that there there's so many cases where like Captain America and Iron Man have a disagreement, and in the AITA situation. Iron Man is always the asshole. Yes. A hundred percent of the time, Iron Man's the asshole. Yes. No ambiguity. (laughs) I feel like those characters are very interesting in that they are both heroes and they are friends and allies, uh, but they do kind of bring out the worst in each other. Yeah. I think that's interesting. That's an interesting dynamic. Well, I mean, that's that's how you get, what, 70 years of Avengers comics. 
or I guess 60 some years at this point. Yeah. Uh, Cause otherwise it's just going to get real, get real tired. You got to have some like conflict within the team. And if Iron Man and Captain America are going to be on it all the time, better make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, this, this is pretty good. Uh, I, th- I think it's, I don't think it's as good as Sebastian Shaw getting his eye ripped out. I, I think it's maybe going to go kind of low on the list. Cause even though it's raw, it's not like you, you talked about the glory boat being like a raw. I think this might be B plus. This does. This is like a B raw. Yeah. It's a brawl. It's a bra. So it's a B plus player. So I would say it's better than try the red one. It's not as good as putting saber tooth in a fucking hole. We love it when people put dudes in holes. We do. I don't know. I love him. Batman RIP when they put him in the hole. I don't think it's better than try the red one. You don't think it's better than try the red one? No. You think it's better than Avengers having words with Ultron? Not really. Really? Yeah. Better than Aztec or no? Or is this the new number 25? I think it might be the new number 25. I think it might go at the bottom, which means it is raw, but it's the least raw thing we have ranked. Yeah. Like, at the bottom of the list right now is a B plus. Is B plus raw. Because if it was just Hulk throws Blade into the air, it might even be like a B minus. But because it has the line of where Hulk asks if he's a bat, that gives it a B plus. Like there's so many, and and not to malign Michael's submission here. There's so many raw moments in Immortal Hulk. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, like, I too have wondered if God has a Hulk. Like, part of me feels like this is an attempt to find a deep cut. Which, which look, respectable. 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 But there's so many, like, on-their-face, big-time, raw moments in Immortal Hulk. If we, wa- if we wanted to just talk about uh, Walt Simonson's Thor, we would. So I, I applaud people who want to find the deep cuts. Yeah. Our very first entry was uh was, was Phantom Lady, which I would not have picked, but it's a pretty cool moment. It's Just yeah, like man. I have nothing but respect for deep deep cuts. I love them. If you've listened to the show enough, you know for a fact that I can't get enough of deep cuts. That's what I'm always but, saying about Matt Wilson. I'm always like, this man can't get enough of them deep deep cuts. It's true. That said, I do think with the Mortal Hulk in in particular, you got to reach for those big those big tentpole moments, the obvious stuff yeah. first, yeah. because there are so many. There's so many. Uh, all right, next up is a submission from Jolene, who says, "I don't care if it's DQ'd. I know I tore my shirt off." Okay. This is a moment, as as Jolene is often known to uh, to submit for our various segments. 
involving Catwoman. And it is from JLA-17. It's that time Catwoman whipped Prometheus in the dick. Okay, I have some thoughts on this. Because this would be our second entry on this list involving Prometheus. True. And I have gone back and forth over the years about whether this is a good moment or a bad moment. (laughs) Because I remember Wizard didn't like it. Which I guess we need to start our new segment, which I, we can't, I can't, can't call it as the wizards, somebody else's bit. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I, I do have to say, I've, I've been t- notified that Cartoonist Kayfabe is also doing a big wizard reread recap segment. Damn. I mean, the, look, as long as the people are getting out there. Yeah. And and giving the kids some knowledge of the ancient scrolls. Don't quote the old magic to me, man. That doesn't mean we can't do it. Yeah. Look. In the immortal words of, of Bo Band of Darville. Ain't nobody ever done it before. That's because we ain't never not done it before. <laughs> we just could get con- accused of biting cartoonist kayfabe. Well, everyone knows that I do not listen to what other people have to say about comics. Sure. It, and and understandably so. Yeah, why would I? Most people um, are wrong. Not saying, not, I, saying, that, not saying those dudes are wrong, just saying most people. We can all agree. I, I'm just, just making the point that somebody has beat us to the wizard reread idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, I think we could put our own spin on it. And come up with a funny name. I'm sure we can come up with a funny name. I'm I'm usually pretty good at coming up with the funny names. So yeah. we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, I remember Wizard didn't like this because they thought it was like bringing the cheap. magic back. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> uh, where the magic happens. Mm, That's pretty. That's also pretty good. Uh, now, you can't distract me or else I'm going to be thinking about this the whole time. <laughs> Wizard didn't like it because they thought, uh, I have vivid memories of reading this, Like they thought it was like a, a cheap way, like like kind of a cop-out way for the villain to be defeated. Like once you've established this villain can can beat Superman or whatever, and then it's like, you know, he gets a, he gets a nut shot. He gets that low blow. Uh, and And it's all over. And there's a time when I kind of agreed with that. But I feel like as I've aged, I kind of feel like their problem with it is that they're not in on the joke and they don't like that it was a woman. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, I think there was maybe maybe some unexamined internalized misogyny on the wizard staff. I don't... I'm just going to throw that one out there. And like... I think there was absolutely a sense of this guy's a massive, huge badass, and he got beat because a girl hit him in the dick with a whip. And I'm afraid if we go back and do a wizard reread, we will unfortunately run into a lot of stuff like that. I mean, well, well, Matt, it's the weird thing. I don't know how, honestly, I don't know how I could even think that the the people who were at Wizard Magazine in the in the mid to late nineties 
um, maybe had some misogyny when they just loved Billy Tucci's she so much. <laughs> when they were out there crying for Dawn. Joseph Michael Lister's Dawn? That's it, that's him. When when we had to we had to know about Brian Polito's Lady Death. Well, you know what you know what's weird about all these uh, all these female characters they loved? <laughs> now that I'm saying the names of the creators. You know what's unusual? <laughs> anyway. You would think that they they loved Jim Balance Catwoman too, though, right? Like they I'm sure they did. I think they I think Wizard, I would have to go back and actually look to see this, and that's more effort than I want to put in. I think they were kind of weirdly hot and cold on JLA. Like, because when you go, when you get right down to it, JLA's a weird book. Like, looking back, and like, a lot of us at the time, like, I loved it at the time, and have only come to love it more, but, like... JLA is a weird book in a lot of ways. It was like, certainly a weird book for 1997. Yeah, fucking Daniel from Sandman shows up to fight Starro. Yeah. That's a weird book. Uh, kicks ass. I, I would say the best book that has Daniel in it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I feel like they were kind of hot and cold on it. What I have come to to believe about this story uh, as an adult and as time has passed and I've revisited it. I love this idea of characterizing Prometheus as a counterpoint to Batman. Cause he's an anti-Batman, right? Like he's like the wrath. He is a guy whose parents, you know, par- criminal parents were killed by, by cops. Uh, yeah. You know, bad guy parents killed by good guys instead of good guy parents killed by bad guys. Um, and so characterizing him, given what we know also about Morrison and Batman, Morrison's Batman is the guy who plans for everything. And Prometheus is the guy who comes up with this unstoppable plan that is completely destroyed because he didn't know Catwoman was going to be there. Right. And the fact that it's just that like Catwoman sneaks on the satellite, which she wouldn't have been able to do because she's disguised as Lois Lane, which is another good bit. She's disguised as Lois Lane, which Superman doesn't notice because he's busy dealing with fucking Prometheus. And because of that, because she wants to steal something from the trophy room. Because of that, Prometheus has no counter for her. He did not prepare a thing for her, and Prometheus can't think on his feet. He's a planner, and he's not a doer. Like, he, pl- he plans the thing and he does the thing, but anything that deviates from that plan, he fucking can't. And so he gets a whip in the, in the, in the junk. He gets whipped in the dick by Catwoman, who points out that in order to uh, make a cracking noise, it has to be moving at the speed of sound. Yes. And that's pretty fucking good, actually. It's pretty good. I, I, I do think it is slightly... 
like the value is is slightly brought down by the lettering weirdly enough ken lopez does the letters because the sound effect is right over where it hits prometheus and you know i i get the impulse to put the sound effect there because that's where the sound is occurring but you want to see it right (laughs) i kind of feel like that was a like this was this was definitely well i don't know definitely i shouldn't say definitely but I feel like this is an editorial thing, because this is still like a code-approved book. Yeah, like it, it, it's it's 1998, which is not that you know, it ain't that long ago. But it's, code, it's long enough ago that I think, I think in this one you would have seen you know Prometheus Dick like today Prometheus Dick would have gotten ripped off. We would have seen the whole thing. Yeah, it would have just <laughs> would have been like that dude in RoboCop. It would have been exactly like that dude in RoboCop. Black Adam would have pulled his dick off and said that the hierarchy of power in the Justice League just changed. And then electrified his dick. I still cannot believe that he fucking melts a dude in that movie. And then a kid is like, you should have a cool catchphrase. It is such tonal whiplash. It's unbelievable. Hey, folks, Black Adam is as violent as RoboCop, but, but like, 1% is smart. True. Anyway, yeah, like, I, I feel like if you look at that panel, Howard Porter gave Howard Porter. plenty of room for that sound effect. Howard Porter did not draw this issue. Oh, did Howard Porter not draw it? Who, did, who drew this one? There was a guest artist on this issue. Uh, it is... Jorgensen. Yeah, uh, Arnie Jorgensen. Arnie Jorgensen. There's not Arnie Jorgensen out these days. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it looks like Howard Porter's art. It's like the best possible fill-in. Yeah, I <laughs> would not... Look. I mean, how many times have I read this issue? Yeah, if you want it to look like the original artist, hire an artist that can basically ape their style, which seems to be what Arnie Jorgensen did here. Yeah. Like, he left plenty of room in the upper left of that panel for that sound effect. Uh, And I think that was an editor going, please cover up the part where the whip hits his dick. I feel like... It's a weird choice, but I think there's a, like... I, I would... It is not where... I am not a letterer, and I've never been a letterer. But I, I am, like, obsessed with lettering. It's, like, one of the things that I'm particularly conscious of in comics. It is not where I would put that. And I don't think it's where someone would think to put it first. When you could yeah. have, you could have, like, there's all that empty space in the rest of the panel for a big sound effect. I do also like that Prometheus' dialogue is, <laughs> with a period. H-U-I-I-N-N-N. And then his dialogue after that is, because huh, huh, <laughs> if there's one thing Grant Morrison is like, maybe better than anybody in comics at doing, it's coming up with ways to translate into letters 
sounds that people make that aren't words. Those little vocalizations. Yeah. Batman going, and yeah, Damien exactly. exactly. Like the the fact that Batman and Damien have trademark sounds that they make when they're annoyed is multibelly. Like, how is it not a thing that Batman does in comics? That's what it is. Multibene. How is there not a thing that Batman does? How is it not a thing that Batman does in comics across the board to go? And he does though now. If you look at now, because uh, Scott Snyder does it, because Scott Snyder's a big Morrison guy, uh, and Williamson does it as well, uh, who's also a big Morrison guy. Uh, I would the dividing line, man. Here's what I think makes like the problem with this is that we already have the the better version of beating Prometheus on the list, and it's also something that plays into the idea of Prometheus as a planner, because of course Prometheus is going to try the thing that worked before, right? He's going to get the helmet back, and he's going to use it again. Because that plan worked. So he's there's no reason to change it up. Batman outthinks him and then beats the shit out of him. And I yeah. think that is an even better play. But I don't think you get that without this. Well, that is the that is the next logical step after this, right? Like that is that's that's the second verse to this, which is the first. And is that a more raw moment than this is? Yes, but does that mean this is not raw? I don't think so. I think this is still raw, even. I think it's pretty raw. I think <laughs> it's pretty fucking raw. Yeah. Because yeah. also, you don't really see people realistically sell getting hit in the in, in the junk in comics a lot of the time. Well, Much and, like and also wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Also, like... We, you said it. As people who have been reading comics for as long as we have, we're just looking for something new, you know. Mm-hmm. And had there ever been an instance in comics of a villain being defeated by being whipped in the dick? I don't think so. I I can't say definitively that there wasn't, but I would have to do some research. Yeah, certainly not in a mainline. <laughs> What's the, like you know how uh how first to know first appearance in origin in like wizard what what's the notation they use in like wizard and overstreet for uh for like a uh, dick kick <laughs> didn't thor say like i have had a now and just like really just slam mangog right right in the mangogs <laughs> I, I think this is pretty raw. This is pretty uh, raw. It's pretty raw. I, I think it's gonna go in like the bottom third of the list, probably, but I don't know if it's as good as Professor X put in Saber Tears in a hole. Because that not. was great. Yeah, probably not. But it's I I would I, put it above try the red one, yeah. Yeah. Like I I think the ceiling is glory boat. It's it's sure. yeah, it's it's below Sabretooth getting put in a hole. Yeah. Uh, so at the new number 22 on the list is Catwoman whips Prometheus in the dick. 
I'm not going to put the word dick on the on the spreadsheet, man. I mean, it's what happens. It's what happens. What's who, who drew this one? Arnie Jorgensen. Arnie Jorgensen. Yes. It's on the it's on the list at number twenty two as a uh, Catwoman uh, whips Prometheus right in the beanbag. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yambag, as as Taz would say, Yambag City. Uh, all right, here we go. Our next submission is from Charles Arthur, who says, "Hey guys, it feels like every time a Thursday Night Raw episode drops, my mind jumps to another great example that is even more esoteric than the last." Have you guys ever read questionable content? Uh, is that is that a is that a web comic? That is a web comic. I have not. Nor have I. Uh. So, and that's look. That's saying something because Deep Cut Wilson over here. You know, he, <laughs> you know, he loves loves the DCs. I I I have not read. A great number of web comics. I've, I that much I will fess up to. Only, only a select few. There was certainly uh, a time when my web comic reading was was very intense. I used yeah. to read a handful daily of web comics, but it was like a very specific assortment. Anyway. Yeah. Charles says, in case you haven't, it's a long-running Slice of Life webcomic. Uh, 2023 is its 20th anniversary. Written and drawn by Jeff Jocks, who, or Jeff Jacques, and a group of friends in Northampton. Also, there's sentient robots. Anyhow, like the Northampton raw... Where Alan Moore lives? I guess so. Anywho, the raw moment that came up to me was from numbers 340... Thirty-four, twelve, and thirty-four, thirteen, uh, and it's and he says, "Just read it. It's ridiculous. It's emotional. It's badass, and everything you'd expect from a web comic that's been going for two decades straight." Buddy, so, it's probably not everything I would expect from a web comic that's been going for twenty years. Because right, so my expectation would not be a good thing on that score. Uh, so. I have sent you the first one, which is 3412, okay. and then 3413 is the next one. Now, are so, we going to be able to get the effect of this with no context? We're going to find out. Okay. We're going to find out. So, 3412. So, yeah, so 3412, which is titled Hello Again, there is a robot, uh, a, a, a femme-presenting robot with a purse full of money and someone says to them going somewhere and that character approaches and grabs the robot uh like a by the neck and then the robot is looking around and says what is this who are you and then because they are now in a void yeah uh yeah after being touched the Robot finds himself in a void. And then the other character who has like cat eyes says, We're very, very bad news. So that is the first strip. 
I do love it when cat that. eyes happen at the end. Yeah, like in like in Thriller. They have Thriller eyes, yeah. Uh, so on to the next strip, which is number thirty four thirteen. Having fun. The character with cat eyes says, "Now then, tell us, did you delete Bubbles' memories intentionally, or was it a mistake?" If you have a backup of them somewhere, now would be a lovely time to inform us. And the robot says, go to hell, you. And the guy says, banners, please. And somehow shocks the robot. Shirk is the sound effect. And the robot says a bunch of random letters as they're being electrocuted. Uh... The other character says, let's try that again. If there's a backup, the robot says, there's no, there's no backup. It was an accident. The data got wiped during the procedure. The character says, what about the bit where you enslaved Bubbles and implanted kill software in her head? Was that accidental? The robot says, I saw an opportunity and I took it. It would have been stupid not to have some kind of insurance. The other character says, unfortunately, in doing so, you have violated... One of very, very few moral principles to which we adhere. Luckily for you, seeing Bubbles' exercise restraint has inspired us. We offer you a choice. Confess your crimes to the authorities and serve whatever sentence they gave you. Or they give you. And the robot says, or? Uh, and the other character says, the alternative is an eternity in our care. Here's another taste of what that would be like. And then electrocutes the, uh, the robot again. I'm sorry to say that without context this this doesn't mean much. Yeah, I can I can tell that this is I can tell there's something here. Yeah. But without context, we would not be able to we are not able to judge it fairly at all. Cuz we don't know who these two characters are. <laughs> right. I don't even know who's a good guy. Yeah. Or if there is a good guy. I assume that that the robot is bad. Well, it it appears that she, I'm going to assume she, has stolen money. That's why they have a purse full of money. But, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, Charles. I, I know you thought that this would be good without, or, you know, would be... Solid without uh, context, uh, but I I don't I I without context I can't I can't do anything with this. I gotta have the context. Yeah, give us um, and give I, us a scene where where somebody who fights Batman gets whipped in the dick and we got it. <laughs> I mean, you know this. I think the context is probably twenty years of a webcomic, which we are not equipped to go back and catch up on. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a story arc here, but again, we would have to like, we would have to read the whole thing. Well, uh, Charles says that it starts at 3391. So it would be a little less than 20 strips before this, uh, to, to really get all the context, or a little more than 20 strips before this to get all the context. So to at least get some of the context. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, again, I will say I can tell there's something here. It has the cadence of a raw moment for sure, but I would like, 
being completely unfamiliar with the characters. It, it would not be... There is no fair judgment we can give to this. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right. Our next submission comes to us from Andrew Goldberg, who says... Got the smoke. He he breathes in the smoke from the fireworks and then breathes it out. The most impressive, as I've mentioned before on the show, the most impressive thing Goldberg, the wrestler, ever did. Who was it that like? Oh, it was the it was the uh, Rodney Mac, the, the Rodney Mac White Boy Challenge. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> you have to remind me. Okay, so like Teddy Long, I believe, was a heel at the time. This is before he was the GM of SmackDown. And he has. Uh, this is from when I wasn't watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is from this is from early ruthless aggression days. Yeah, I, I had quit by this point. He had this like thing with Rodney Mack called the White Boy Challenge. That was really, I mean, ill advised, honestly. But basically, you know, black wrestler comes out says if any uh, any if there's any white boys that can last for two minutes or whatever. Uh, and of course no one can. And so it goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks and he's he's not uh, undefeated. And then I think it's how he comes back. Like they're in the ring and they're like like yeah nobody like uh, yeah there's nobody left who can take down Rodney Mack. And then Goldberg's music starts playing. And then the sparks start and everything, and Rodney Mack rushes him, and Goldberg spears him out of the smoke, like through the through the sparks, and it's actually pretty fucking cool. Okay, you might you might cut this entire discussion out, but yeah, like Goldberg v Rodney Mack, go look it up. Doesn't qualify for the Thursday at Raw list because it's actually wrestling, but. Yeah, we had to, we did have to limit to only comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, here's here's Andrew Goldberg's submission for us. It is uh, from Avengers 1998, so that's Avengers Volume Three, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, number fifty two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is the issue that ends the Kang Dynasty arc. In which a Megazord-sized Captain America taps an equally giant King the Conqueror on the shoulder and calls him a miserable, jacked-up little Hitler before beating his ass in the next issue. That sounds pretty good. It's it's fucking dope, actually. <laughs> yeah, Kirby's like Ivan Rice did this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> uh, neglected to mention. Neglected to mention. They're in fucking space. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's some it's some Jack Kirby ass space too. Yeah, and there's a spaceship shaped like a sword. <laughs> that's that's part of the story from the get go. Yeah, Kang has that sword spaceship from the start of the Kang Dynasty story. But it ends with fucking kaiju sized Captain America fighting kaiju. Fighting mech size, I guess it's the other way around. Mech size Captain America fighting kaiju size 
uh, Kang in space. Yep. And it it rules. How in fact, not how does this finish in Avengers number fifty three and not giant size Avengers? That's a great question. Left That's it on the question. fucking table, dude. If only Tom Brevoort. If only we could have gotten to tr- Tom Brevoort in the year 2000, which is when I'm pretty sure this came out. <laughs> oh, that next issue is drawn by Kieran Dwyer, too. Boy, I'm looking at it right now. You know what looks good as hell? That issue of Avengers. This issue of Avengers drawn by Kieran Dwyer with a double page spread of a giant size Captain America punching Kang in the face and knocking his fucking teeth out. <laughs> yeah. And saying, I'll be fine. Yeah, look, this, we got context for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great cover, too. This Kieran Dwyer cover? Yeah, this is like... This is from the period of the music run on Avengers, where the covers got real graphic design-y. Because they were Kieran Dwyer covers. And Kieran Dwyer was going through a, like, I want to do graphic design phase. Yeah. <laughs> a real Jonathan Hickman phase. It, buddy, it looks Jonathan Hickman as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, this was, uh, Dwyer was like the regular artist on this book for a little bit, right? For a little bit. It, it, it was it was stop and go. He He was the regular cover artist for a while. Like, in the middle of the run. But as far as like actually doing interior art, like I said, stop and go. Um, I think he drew the Nuff Said issue, which was a uh, few yeah. issues before this. And it's also Rick Remender drew that issue. Raw, raw as hell. The Nuff Said issue of Avengers. It's what like no one ever talks about this part of this run. It, they're good. Yeah, like that. That that enough said issue ends with the United States of America surrendering to Kang, and the Wasp being the one to sign the Articles of Surrender. Wild. After like a giant nuclear explosion, uh, I forget where, but like <laughs> also like the second time in this run that it's in. Yeah. Also, the second time in this run that like a villain does a genocide, because <laughs> Ultron did one too. I think this ends up getting like reversed. Like this one ends up getting like time reversed. Cause yeah, because well, Kang nukes Kang. Washington. Yeah, it. I mean, it would have to because yes, he nukes Washington, and it's a it's a Kang story. So yeah, but man, time is valuable. These covers alone, man, are good as hell. But yeah, fucking Captain America turning giant size. I gotta say, calling him a miserable little jacked-up Hitler, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even my admiration of your tenacity has its limits, Avengers. You think the freakish nomadic pyramid is your salvation? I foresaw it. I even told you of it. Do your worst. In the moments you have left of life, I can counter all of your new toys' capabilities. 
Captain America goes, even this? And spins around and goes, now you miserable jacked up little tin Hitler. <laughs> Let's end this. <laughs> it's, it's hard to write Captain America as the old-fashioned guy that he is. Like, you either, I feel like you either write Captain America as an old fashioned square, which is what we found that Mark Grunewald often wrote him as, or as like a modern badass. It's hard to find the kind of midpoint between those two, but I feel like this moment finds it. Yeah, because you kind of, you, like, you. You don't want Captain America to be like, listen, you motherfucker. Right. You don't want you you don't want him to be Ultimate's Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. You want you, I I feel like you don't look, I know people cussed in the forties. I'm not dumb. But you kinda don't want Captain America to cuss. It's weird. It's like this one time I was in Target and uh this uh little kid, like this little six year old, was with his grandma. And she walked past, this was close to Christmas time, and she walked past a toy, and the toy was one of like the motion-activated ones that made like a big noise when she walked by. And so it walks by, and this grandma goes, shit! And then the kid goes, grandma, you swore. And it's like, I was delighted at hearing the cuss of a grandma, the rarest cuss. <laughs> but it's like, this kid was like, was so like, Grandma, you swore. Like, you're not supposed to do that. And I feel like that's kind of how you want Captain America. Like, Captain America is kind of your grandpa. But you do want him to roll up his sleeves and beat some Nazi ass. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is the perfect midpoint. Like, (laughs) lots of writers have written Captain America as kind of like, Okay, I was gonna say Mark Miller is the writer who tries the most to write Captain America as like a modern badass. Like, not just in Ultimates, but also like the Captain America at the end of Enemy of the State. Where he's like, haha, we got you, Wolverine, you piece of shit. You know? <laughs> but he's also he also writes old fashioned square Captain America in like Civil War. Where he's like, language, as he's like, riding on a fighter jet, you know? Like, I mean, the the problem with bringing up Mark Miller is that, like, Captain America surfing on a fighter jet, and then uh, when it lands, he buys the pile of hamburger. That's, like, a pretty good moment. That might be the best thing Mark Miller ever wrote. That that Mark Miller ever really wrote? Yeah, probably. <laughs> the best Maybe not the best thing with Mark Miller's name on it, but you know, the best thing he ever wrote that he was solely credited for. <laughs> but yeah, like, but but then it's like surrounded by all this nonsense. Oh yeah, the rest of Civil War is trash, but that one yeah. moment is good. <laughs> I remember at the time I was like, I do not like this comic, and then I was like, but admittedly that is pretty cool. Like, there's things that are hard to fuck up, right? Batman climbing out of his own grave. Is hard to fuck up. Captain America surfing on a fighter jet is hard to fuck up. It's hard to make that not good. 
Yeah, I know we're not talking about that moment in Civil War, but I'm I'm actually mad at that moment because it tricked me. It tricked you to think that was going to be like a good Captain America story? It tricked me into thinking that that was going to be a good comic book, that Mm -hmm. series. And every other big moment in Civil War sucks shit. I don't but know that one that one in the first issue was good. I don't know if there was anything in Marvel Comics like in in maybe five years in any direction that was as bad as the as Black Goliath. Uh like the giant black Goliath grave. Like, there was it was the mix of giant black Goliath dying and him being killed by fake robot Thor. Uh-huh. That Reed Richards built. Remember that shit? Yeah. Ugh. And then, like, being in this giant grave wrapped in chains. Like, like, there's not somebody in Marvel Comics who's in that comic who knows how to shrink shit since fucking 1961. Anyway. it's Yeah, also, also Mark... If you're listening, there's a point at which your racism metaphor is so heavy handed. It tries to go so big that it loops back around to being reductive. It my simply man. becomes racist. Yeah. <laughs> your intentionally racist imagery just becomes racist at a certain point. I know you're trying to make a point, but. Good lord, dude. I mean, like, we shouldn't be talking about Mark Miller this much. He he's made recent awful comments. So let's talk about this good Kurt Busiek comic. Honestly, I was just surprised that he believes in anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, this is good. This is pretty good. And again, it's like one of the ones that made me like laugh out loud. It's good stuff. Yeah, uh, but again, like. I mean, I guess there is some intentional humor to it, but it is also badass, right? Like, it's Captain America is his most badass and works as being the most badass when he's just the guy who won't fucking give up. Yeah, Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I. We don't have any other Captain America moments on here. We've got a moment from a Captain America comic, but Captain America's not in it. Yeah. I think this is this is definitely writer better than uh Happen Words with Ultron, I think. I think it's yeah, I think it's raw. Yeah. Is I don't it, know why it's our main sticking point throughout this whole episode, but I don't know that I would put it above Sabretooth going in a hole though. Sabretooth going in a hole is pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's giant size. And, and there was a t- Matt, there was a time in this country. We used to be a country, Matt. We used to be <laughs> a proper country. Things. We used to make things in this country. And there was a time, it was the Attitude Era, where we used to, people used to call each other jacked up a lot. And I, that should come back. Jacked up as an insult. Jacked up as an insult. 
Because I feel like in modern context, in the 2023 context, jacked up could be a compliment. Or, or a descriptor of when you drink too much prime energy drink. <laughs> oh, I don't think I would like it if anybody called me jacked up. <laughs> if, if, look, if you call me jacked up, you better have the jam to do something about it. Fair. Fair. Well, okay, my wife showed me this TikTok that was like, hey, ladies here's a hot tip for seducing a man. If you want to get them all flustered. And of course I'm always on a lookout for hot seduction tips. You know this about me. It was, if he says you're beautiful, then you say, what are you going to do about it? And I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense. I would get flustered because that doesn't make any sense. I I would not know how to respond to what are you going to do about it. That is true. Yeah. Both of us are are are, are married people. If if someone responded, if I told someone they were beautiful and they said, "What are you going to do about it?" I'd say, "I did what I'm going to do about it. I told you." Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not saying that because I I want to like mess it up <laughs> like right yeah it sounds like you want to fight yeah which i'll just be like dang sorry i i know it's supposed to come off as you want to fuck but it sounds like you want to fight it's it's weirdly aggro yeah and and even if it was even if it translated to me as you want to fuck i would still be like I, I just wanted to talk. <laughs> I just wanted to, I just want to talk. <laughs> anyway. I think I think this is below Sabretooth going in a hole. You think below? It's below Sabretooth going in a hole. Perhaps I could I could go above or below Prometheus getting hit in the beanbag. If it's below the hole, it's it's below the beanbag. All right, it's it's above. I'll tell you what we're, you're doing. Off. You're doing in this episode, Matt, is you're putting these comics in a hole, and that hole is the bottom part of this list. But but here's the thing: the bottom of this list is not ignominious. That's true. It is. It is. These are just. B pluses and A minuses. The S ranks are at the top. The A pluses are below that. But there's no shame in the bottom of this list because the C's on you, this are, list? you are certified raw. Certified raw. Seven days a week. Yeah. Raw ass like, comics. You know how there's like different grades of US beef. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, looking like, at Captain America right now, man. Uh huh. There's like Prime and Choice and Select. All of these made the cut. They're all Prime, Choice, or Select. We're not. We're not giving out passes and fails. We're giving out Michelin stars. That's right. Exactly. If 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 you fail, you're not even on the scale. Yeah. 
you don't got so it. Just remember, remember that. And I, I think that's going to have to be the end of this special. So we oh, are now at why. almost as though we talked about other things for a lot of it. Uh, we now have twenty-seven raw moments on the list. And uh, if you would like to send us one, submit a moment for us to rank on the Thursday Night Raw list, you can do so by emailing us at our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us messages on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on Twitter at warrocketpod. People have told me not to sign up for threads, so I'm not doing it. I parked uh, War Rocket Pod podcast account on Instagram just to reserve our name there, but as of now, no threads. There's too many of them, Matt. There's too many of them. There's too many of them. If I can wrangle a second Blue Sky account, I'll I'll start a War Rocket Ajax Blue Sky account. Blue Sky is pretty chill, although things have been weird there for the last couple of days. I don't need to get into it, though. Our website is warrocketajax.com. It has every episode of the show we've ever done. Oh, also, sign up for our Discord. The main place to get in touch with us is Discord. Um, that's honestly, that's the place. Yeah. But if you aren't there, you need an invitation. So just ask us for an invitation on any of the places I just talked about earlier, and we'll get you one. War Rocket Wiki is the fan-run repository of all the information you could ever need about War Rocket Ajax, so go check that out. If you want to find me and my stuff, you could go to mattdwilson.net to find links to my books, my comics, my other podcasts, and my social medias. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website. It's got links to all the stuff I do. So find me there. Or at your local library. You can always find an adventure at your local library. Butterfly in the sky. We'll be back next week with another episode, folks. Hope to see you then. We will. It'll be a good one. So I hope you're, uh, I hope you're there for it. And I hope you, listener, I hope you have a good week. I hope you have a good time. I hope things are going your way. Until next week, don't forget Black Lives Matter. Trans rights are human rights. As are abortion rights. Drag is not a crime. And cops, they're not your friends. But we love you. We love you. Yeah!